As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. I have the distinct pleasure to be sitting across from a longtime friend and a mentor and a personal coach of mine, Pam Gilchrist, the CEO and founder of the Gilchrist Group. Pam, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Mike. It is a pleasure to be here. And as you said, you and I have known each other for a long, long time and worked together in different capacities. So it's very much an honor to join you on the podcast today. So for those listening, you know that the Talent Magnet Institute podcast is focused on helping leaders succeed in relationships, work, community, and life, and reframing success and leadership. And I talk often about friends that are there for some of our greatest challenges and some of our greatest positive opportunities that we have. Pam has been there for me in both of those equations. So Pam has worked with Centennial, our executive search firm, for over a decade, maybe a decade and a yeah, half or so. Yeah, I think so. close to 15 or 16 <laughs> years now. And then Pam is also on the faculty of the Talent Magnet Institute, which is made up of incredible leaders that we believe in and their ability to help and equip others, and also with those who have a passion for serving the world well that we're in, serving the people and all people in that world well. So it's a real honor to be sitting with Pam today. Pam, share with me a little bit today for our listeners, we're going to talk about optimized outcomes for business and leaders and is something that Pam is extremely passionate about. Pam, can you share with the listener around how can leaders optimize for outcomes for their organization? What does that look like? Unpack that for us just a little bit. Oh, sure. Absolutely. What I've found over the course of my work with clients and inside Fortune 500 organizations is there's really three elements that weave whole cloth that you need to be successful. And one of those is the business growth and change that all organizations go through. The second piece of that is the executive leadership and how they're driving their organization and how they're building relationships. And then also the performance piece of that related back to the business growth. And then thirdly, that all ties into how are they going to market? What is their brand strategy? And how are they communicating with key stakeholders, both internally and externally? So my background, I started out in the communications and marketing arena. But what I found over the years working both inside and with clients is that we were down the road with things that maybe weren't ready to go to market or an executive wasn't ready to share that information or didn't have it teed up properly. And so one of my kind of frustration where the opportunity is out of the frustration, right? So one of the opportunities that I found was really kind of backing that up the food chain to work with them more on executive leadership skills and then the business strategies that they're looking at. So you can't go to market with a weak product. Sometimes, you know, I use the analogy of you've got the, ugly present in the box and you're told to put a pretty bow on it 
and take it to market or put a pretty bow on it and communicate this to your employees or key stakeholders. And sometimes even, Mike, you know, I did a lot of work in the 2000s in the B2B and tech industries, and I was asked to go to market with, quite frankly, an empty box. Hmm. So vaporware, there's nothing here yet, but don't tell anybody that. Put a bow on it and let's get out there with the product. So I think out of that experience, I've learned to kind of step back and help organizations with what is the business strategy? What is your growth strategy? What is your go-to-market strategy? Let's look at the value proposition and what's really in there. And then also that other piece is the leadership piece, right? Because it all hinges on communication. It really hinges on what do you say? How do you say it? What do others understand? And what is the outcome that you want from that communication? Hmm. Are there key elements, common elements that you have seen leaders experience during times of growth and change? Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think some of those common elements are, are they ready and adaptable? You know, how agile are you? To, to guide your organization through times of growth and change. You know, that's one of the things. Because a lot of times, leaders often in the C-suite come up through a couple of channels, right? It's the financial channel, CFOs, or being on the financial ledger side of things. Or they'll come up through the sales side. And as you well know, Mike, in your work, a lot of times they haven't had that executive coaching. They haven't been trained in leadership skills. How do I communicate? How do I share a message with an organization? What is it that stakeholders need to know? And with my work with the B2B and tech industry, a lot of times they get really down into the weeds of features and functions and don't know how to communicate what is the essential benefit to the stakeholder audience that I need to convey. Mm. So really looking at those kinds of things. When you're investing in the leadership development side, how often, because the things that you're sharing also resonate from the relationship and life side, right? Not just work, but the same principles that you're sharing are things we can be using in our personal lives as well as our work lives, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, a lot of it comes down to emotional intelligence and situational awareness. I was working with a director at a company yesterday and we're talking about the CEO of that organization who just has really zero emotional intelligence and zero situational awareness and just runs the organization like a bulldozer. So this director is funny. I'll tell you a little story. We were working yesterday, no context, asked all of the directors in the organization to complete a SWOT analysis by Friday. Why? And it said, this is part of an annual business plan. Nobody knew they did annual business planning. There's no context for it. Where did it come from? How will it be used? How can this be a benefit to the organization? So stopping and providing that context is super important. And then for that director, that person is sitting there thinking to themselves, okay, a lot of this might be reflective of that CEO's leadership style, and I don't want to personalize it, but some of the obstacles that we're facing as I look at the SWOT analysis are all hinging 
on the lack of situational awareness and the lack of understanding some of the challenges that both the directors and people in the field are experiencing. So how do we like unwrap that, depersonalize that, and get to what can we do to improve the function and the outcomes for this organization? Mm. And then you top that with the political aspects of it. Do you tell the emperor they have no clothes? Or how do you tell them that there might be opportunities for improvement with the SWOT analysis without making it something where that leader will feel targeted? Mm -hmm. So that was a really, really interesting challenge that we were kind of walking our way through of the wordsmithing and what is it that we're really trying to say and how do we use the SWOT analysis to be impactful but not harmful mm. in any way mm. for those leaders. You mentioned intentionality of being able to tell at some point, sometimes we have to tell the emperor has no clothes. Right. What are the benefits of those from your standpoint, from a communications aspect and from a psychological leadership transformation aspect of having those bold conversations, those intentional discussions where you sit down. I mean, how do people approach that when they know they need to? And why do you feel it's so important for us to have those type of dialogues? Well, approach carefully, number one, right? And I think, first of all, it's important to really step back and assess readiness to hear and willingness to accept and change. So you can't, from my experience anyway, you can't take someone where they're not ready or willing to, to go. go. Yeah. You just can't do that. So how then, regardless of whether we're talking about the intentionality of crucial conversations or if we're talking about a go-to-market strategy, oftentimes we want to dump the truck. We want to back it up and go, here you go. Here's all this stuff. Here's all this information where a layered or nuanced approach or what I like to call you lay breadcrumbs. You lay breadcrumbs on the path. And as those individuals or stakeholders are ready to pick up those breadcrumbs and move to that next level, you can move those conversations forward. So a lot of times we think we've got to have the end in mind and get there right away. And that's not the case at all. We need to just take that baby step, take that first step. What is the next logical step in the relationship? What's the next logical step in the conversation that we need to have? And where is it that we can get to that leads us to both having an impact, but maintaining trust in the relationship and moving the ball forward? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the importance I was in a recent conversation about you can't have trust without respect and helping individuals. I know this is something that Lynn Rule and Chris Holter talk a lot about with the work in cultural transformation, that people will feel valued when they feel understood. Right? Absolutely. And to your point of, you know, you can't just jump into the dialogue. In order for people to hear you, they need to know that you will seek understanding and help them be understood. And there's so many conversations, whether it's in our community or in our workplaces or in our personal lives, where in many times the passion is misunderstood as negatively disruptive. And if we just took a step back, in many cases, we'd find out we are on the 
exact same path for the outcome. Yes. But because we're so passionate and because we're maybe even things that happen to us personally that make us so emotional of the topic, we can come across attacking without any intention of ever come across attacking. And I'm sure you see this in how outwardly facing communications can be misunderstood as well as inwardly facing communications. I'll tell you what, Mike, the last several months I've been partnering with an organization and working through this very thing with them and their organization. And what we found is there was a perceived difference in values and a perceived difference in what mattered, but it was from lack of understanding and lack of knowledge. And as we began to have conversations, it's like, we all want the same thing at the end of the day. We all want to get to the same place, but what we don't have is common understanding. We don't know each other. I don't know where you're coming from. You don't know where I'm coming from. And we needed to kind of sit down and have several conversations with these organizations that talked about what do you really value? What do you know about me? You've got a perception about me or my organization that might be faulty. So give us a chance to tell you who we are, what we value, why we value what we do, and that really we value everyone in the same things and that we want to grow our community and have a positive impact on our community. And the outcome of this work that we've done over the last several months has just been phenomenal. But it came because we wanted to have those conversations rather than just jump to an end game or a stop that said, you know, we don't think we're on the same page, so maybe we need to pause. Where that wasn't the case at all. What we needed to do is just kind of unpack things, tell those stories, get to know each other, and build those relationships. And then how do you take those learnings inside of those organizations and share them at different levels throughout those organizations so that story continues and continues to unfold and carry through not just those people that were at the leadership table, but throughout the different layers of the organization and down to the employee level as well. So it's been a really fascinating journey. When you look at transparency, being vulnerable, being open, I'll ask the question that a listener might. We talk a lot about the more you know your people, and our belief is that leadership is personal, right? The more I know where people are and what they're motivated by and what they're really trying to achieve in their personal life and goals, if they're, I always say, if they're willing to share, right? Or what they're willing to share, I should say. And they know you'll be careful with it and that you'll protect them. But the more we understand our people, the more effective we can be. The reverse is also true. The more people understand us, the more effective we can be. But how dangerous is that from a transparency standpoint? And what do you take in the approach of communications around how do you balance being transparent, open, and honest, and giving details and information while also protecting the innocent or not oversharing. 
wow, <laughs> that's the $64 million question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's why people tune in to the right. Talent Magnet Institute podcast. <laughs> that if we had those answers, we would rule the world, I think. That's right. Yeah. That is such a great question, and it's very multifaceted. And I think it's individual for each leader and each organization. You've got to understand whether it's internal stakeholders or external stakeholders, where they are, and again, what is the receptivity to that level of sharing? And you might have different levels of sharing at different levels of the organization, right? There was a situation where one CEO I was working with was experiencing some health problems. And as the lead communicator for that organization, I needed to know Several of the C-suite folks needed to know at a fairly deep level of what that meant, but you also want to maintain confidence in the CEO and in the organization and the future of the organization. So you don't want to kind of bear all, but you also need to be transparent that there's some challenges. You can even look at Let's take Mick Jagger, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, let's just go rock for a moment. I mean, Mick Jagger just experienced some heart issues, mm -hmm. right? And paused the tour. But the message is, hey, it's kind of a, a minor thing. I've gotten the treatment. I'm going to get back on in the saddle and back out on stage and do what Mick Jagger has done to entertain us for decades and decades and decades. So I think it's not minimizing and being transparent, but you also have to maintain the credibility and the confidence in the brand and the organization that it will carry on and we are going to move forward and move through this, right? Yeah, that's wonderful. Again, there's a lot of businesses stuck in this question, which is why I asked. I mean, there's so many that say like, how much of our financials do we share with our people? We know that in order for them to get more aligned to where we're going, there's two components. One, us really understanding where they are and how to help them see our place of workplace, the organization they're with, as a means to help them get there from a personal goals and achievements. And we're more and more transparent today, right? I mean, I think my grandfather loved the trucking business that he worked with, but people probably knew almost nothing about what he did when he left work. Yeah. Today, people know. Like, people know, oh, he has a passion for owning cows and has a farm and has horses and, and oh, he's trying to get a new tractor. And these are the things that he did, as his work provided for. Now, today, we're letting people know that, right? So... We're more open about that, and I think it's a good thing. I think you get to know people more relationally today in the workplace, but a lot of organizations struggle how transparent to be, and I know we talk a lot about at the Talent Magnet Institute. I was just sharing it yesterday with an organization that, to your point, it is personal, so you need to assess how much do they really need to know, and then how much will they appreciate, because some information is just too much information. You know, well, some... you mentioned the financial transparency, and I'll just speak to that for a moment. One of the absolute best organizations that I ever had the honor of working for was a Fortune 50 organization and uh, was part of a new business unit that they were standing up. And the CEO was very intentional about making sure that all of the lead team members down to at least a certain level in the organization 
understood, not just got the numbers, but understood the numbers, what was driving the numbers. Because without that, we can't really drive success, can we? So there was an educational component that he understood the need to share business fundamentals and really empower his key team with what are the key business fundamentals that an organization runs on. And by understanding that, you can help me drive that. But without that transparency of knowing where we're at, Mm -hmm. you can't really help drive that success because you're not understanding when we're winning and when we might need to step it up a notch. Mm -hmm. I was just talking a month or so ago with a franchise owner. And this owner said to me, he'd always kept things really close to the vest. He'd been a franchisee for probably 20, 25 years, always kept it kind of close to the vest. And he's like, I changed that. If I want my leadership to be successful, and also if it is a performance-based culture where I'm going to reward individuals based upon the performance, then I need to open up my books. I need them to see where are we for the week? Where are we for the month? Where are we for the quarter? And he said that has markedly changed Mm. how his leaders are engaged and then how they're engaging other team members as well. So from a financial transparency piece, I think that is super important to begin to educate your stakeholders and your key internal team members Mm. What does that look like? What does success mean? So it's not just a number at a line item on a spreadsheet, but what does that really mean to us? And then where are we heading with that? If we achieve the goal, what does that enable us to do? Does it enable us to support more team members, give more scholarships? Does it enable us to invest in the community? Does it enable us to improve facilities or operations? It's not just a number. What is really the impact of that number and what does it mean to us? So you mentioned that. And then I think the other piece that you were talking about is the whole leader, right? That in today's culture, we no longer compartmentalize ourselves into this is what you see of me as a business person, and this is my family life, and this is my social life. And used to be very compartmentalized. And of course, social media has completely deconstructed all of that. And I think you can talk about that a little bit because you're pretty transparent on social media with both what you're doing from a work standpoint and in your personal life and your passions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot there for me that... We want people to know that you need to be your whole self, right? And people need to know who you are, what you're about, what you're passionate about, where your heart is, where your mind is. And there's no doubt that work is a major component of that. I love what I do, but equally or more so, I love my family, my children, my relationship with the Lord. Like my friends matter to me because I've seen too many leaders that didn't take that approach And that can have that ripple effect of negativity when we don't think about the impact of our friends because, well, they're not in my business and I'm focused here. And I've had so many mentors over the years and mentors call it leadership legends, both in this market and outside, tell me time and time again, Mike, make sure you're enjoying the journey and not getting to the end and looking back and go, 
why did I approach it this way? So in hindsight, one of the benefits of being in the executive search business is I get to meet executives all over the world. And I get to hear this incredible theme of people who reach a level and look back and go, I don't even know what path I went on, but I sure didn't think I would end up here, right? It happens and too often, doesn't it? happens too often mm-hmm. with leadership, you know, with relationship devastations and personal health and just enjoyment of life, not enjoying life, you know? Last year, Pam, I was in a, and I share this for a reason because I'm trying to encourage others to do the same, to lead well in all aspects of relationships, work, community, and life. I had three clients of mine last year. One of them has a uh, fifth wheel camper and was like, guys, we need to, these are four business owners, myself and three others. And we just went away for three to two and a half days, you know? Fabulous. And we got to laugh. We got to actually, just four of us, we got to laugh. We got to have fun. We got to take a hike. We got to spend time together. But I'll tell you, we also helped each other with our business strategies and goals and things that we were bumping up against. This was before we were in our new place of work, before we bought a building for the Talent Magnet Institute. So it's truly a retreat. And And hey, they were really helpful about the ways we need to be thinking about putting together to move and integrate all of our businesses into one. And meanwhile, again, we laughed and we had fun and we grilled out and did all of these things. But I share those kinds of things in hopes that one of our listeners will do the same. We'll say, you know what? It's been a while. I recently had a CEO who shared, Mike, it's probably been 15 years since I got together with my best friends. And my response to him was, I mean, I know what you need to do this weekend. You need to pick up the phone and call your best friends, you know, right, right. and take that break because you're never going to get it back. And you're either going to lose a friend due to health or circumstance or yourself, and you'll have those regrets and we'll carry those with us. So the point of transparency is I try to be openly transparent as a part of my mission to help people think about when was the last time that they did something and try to encourage that. I have a little saying for my team members, and I mean it. I truly mean it, and I look them in the eye, and I tell them that I mean it. Family first, always and always, so that they take time and make time to center on those most important relationships to them. And you can insert your best friends in there as well, that if we have to be intentional Because I'm like you, I work a lot, I love my work, it's important to me, but if we don't step away and balance that out with pouring into and also getting that love back, Mm -hmm. I need people to love on me. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, Mike, I was at an event Wednesday night at the zoo, and I didn't know a lot of people there. You know, you just make small talk and so on and so forth. I was talking, I was one of the last people out, and there was another lady coming up behind me, and she happened to say, I like your car, and I said, I like your blouse, you know, hope you had a nice time tonight, and She said, you know, I've been looking at a car like yours. And I said, well, let me tell you a story. It looks new. It looks fancy, but it's not. I got it used and I sat and and then it wound up. I made a new friend. Charnel got in my car. We sat there and we got to know each other at a very, very deep personal and spiritual level until probably 1030 Wednesday night. 
And I connected with a lady from Children's Hospital that's in HR, loves on babies in her spare time. And she and I had a very, very deep connection and spiritual conversation that made my month. Let me tell you, she poured into me and I poured into her. And so whenever those moments find themselves, you have to seize them. You have to grab onto them. And I know now I have a new friend for life, right? Mm -hmm. It was just a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's wonderful. That's wonderful, Pam. Thank you so much for sharing that. And and to your point, they can come in all types of unrecognizable packages that here it started just in that one conversation. And now you connect with me. And we have to be open. I was sharing with an individual, Lisa Mulcahy, who's the uh, managing director of the GROW Initiative in Northern Kentucky and our region. And she was sharing that we have such a great, incredible refugee and immigrant population in our region. And one of the best things, this was what, one of the significant things that resonated with me, one of the best things that we all can do is look at someone in the eye walking through a grocery store or a store or your community and just say, hello, are you having a great day, right? And being Absolutely. willing to take that conversation and you just never know, you know, where it might lead similar to the story, the experience that you had this week. Well, I think, too, making that personal connection and that emotional connection is, is so important. And I did not understand that as a young person. Um, I was probably fairly needy as a young person from not having been poured into and having positive relationships. Um, so I, I kind of had a chip on my shoulder and I felt somebody owed me something. And being able to flip that script and change that mindset to how can I serve you? How can I help you? How can I invest in you and make your day better? And my work with Chick-fil-A over the past four years or so has really brought home that concept to me of service and having that servant's heart of what is it that somebody needs today? Because I haven't walked a mile in your shoes. I don't know what you've experienced, but you could be going through some stuff. And maybe if you outwardly are having a bad day, there might be stuff going on that I don't know or I don't understand. I take that back, circling back around to leadership and organizations, right? If somebody is behaving out of character that you don't think is their nature or there's suddenly a change, take a step back and don't just think, oh man, what's going on? Mm. Step back, pause, and say, there probably is something going on in their life, Mm. but it may not have anything to do with me or what I'm experiencing right now and take that pause and then say, you know, Mike, is there anything that you need? Is there anything that I can help you with today? How can I be a resource to you? And for me, I'm a spiritual person. I might just say, if I know them, can I pray with you? How can I lift you up today? Mm. And that's how we connect with people Mm. and take things to a whole nother level. Pam, thank you so much for that. The information that has been shared during this conversation, Pam, I'm confident are going to reach our listeners in ways that they couldn't have dreamed of before they listened to today's episode. I also, Pam, want to thank you for your friendship, for your impact, for your leadership, and the longtime 
relationship that you've had with our firms and for being a part of the Talent Magnet Institute's journey of reframing success and leadership. To our listeners, we thank you for joining in today. And you heard topics today about vulnerability. You heard topics, you heard a conversation today about the power of communications and the gift that you give your people by being more transparent with your people about the organizational goals and helping them achieve their goals and how those two things, when they're done together and in unison, can be some of the most powerful, the most powerful tool that you've experienced inside your organization. We talked about the opportunities we all should open ourselves up for, for growth and change, and the power of being intentional in our lives, and that we never know the the impact of being intentional, of saying hello to someone who is not expecting you to make eye contact with them, of being thoughtful about the conversations we have in our everyday lives, both in our workplace and in the community that we are in and serve with your neighbors. You know, when was the last time each one of us went and spoke to a neighbor that we haven't talked to in a while or we saw last week and we're checking back in with them? I encourage you to reach out to someone today, someone who may have a need just to hear. I always tell my team to think about the names that come up in your mind more than one time and pick up the phone and call that person pick up the phone or send an email or write a letter or invite them out to dinner or to lunch or to coffee or to a tea or to even take a walk. That's how important that name, you're being prompted for a reason. And let's take that as an intentional approach to leading in our own lives. And also think about your workforce. Think about that employee that's coming to your mind right now that you haven't checked in with since the last time you had a conversation. And furthermore, the impact that you're going to have by going back to her or him and saying, hey, I wanted to follow up on that conversation that we had 60 days ago around the holiday and just to see how you're doing. How has that conversation further progressed and how are you doing in your life? So again, we hope that each and every day we help our listeners be more intentional about leadership, uh, that we help our listeners be more intentional about their personal lives. Uh, We also talked about the power of expressing our own challenges, pains, difficulties, emotions, and how important it is for all of us to have a safe place to go. And we encourage you to reach out to us or to one of your friends or family members if you're struggling with something that you just need an outside perspective to work through. So again, Pam, thank you for joining us in today's episode and in our studio. And thank you to our listeners all around the world for joining us on this journey of helping leaders succeed in relationships, work, community, and life. We would love it if you would share this episode with a friend and colleague, if you would express some of your sentiments and thoughts. We would love to know what you do to be more intentional in your communications, what tools, tips, and ideas you might have of being vulnerable to the people around you and how that has influenced and had a positive impact on your life. Thank you for your partnership in all of the things we're doing here at the Institute, and we look forward to our next conversation. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. 
Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and help spread the word by leaving a review. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet I on Twitter or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please communicate by using hashtag Talent Magnet. Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity.